2: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by both of my gaming dads in person, the rogue one, Mr. Gary Witta. Gary, how are you feeling? A little under the weather last week. I was. I was
3: was sick last week, which is why I had to call in on remote, if you recall. I was. I I definitely, there was a cold that kind of laid it. everyone in the whole house. The kids had it, everyone was out for the count. But today's actually the first day that I feel like fully like 100% back in business, and I got to tell you, it's still, it's still such a thrill to get all the production values. It hadn't still fully sunk in yet. We did the show for like what a couple of years, just on Discord, very unglamorous. Mm-hmm. You know, just sitting there in our in our bedrooms or whatever. And now we're here, surrounded by the lights and the fog and the and the and the jib arms coming in. It's it's incredible. I'm glad that you like it. Gary. I love it. I, I love
2: it. it a lot. And I'm glad that I get to spend time with you and of course my remote gaming dad, Mr. Paris Lily Paris how you doing we're sending you a lot of love and positivity from the set
1: yeah i I, i'm good um i'm the only jabroni that's still remote at this (laughs) point Yeah, I wasn't trying
3: to rub it in or anything (laughs) (laughs)
1: no you know what i i I truly need to find an excuse to come up there just because i i we got to do it all three of us on set for um, sure one these days soon so i got to figure out a good excuse to just i don't know if i'm gonna drive fly up or whatever but i got to come up there because again like you already said gary it's the studio is amazing being up there and just trying to let it all sink in so I, I want to be a part of it
2: yeah it's week three in the studio we're still having fun it's got that new car smell to it we're very much the it new out. car smell all yeah. the bright lights are firing off and of course we get to hang out and talk all things xboxy mm-hmm. on the kind of funny xcast which should be a good one i mean a lot of us a lot of things to talk about because i'm going to pose to you both the question of Can Xbox bring it in 2023? Do they have the juice, as the young kids say, Gary Witta? And we'll find that out. I need to know what you two think. But, of course, welcome in, everybody. This is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And, of course, on your favorite podcast service all around the globe. We got a whole lot of dope content coming your way if you're a Kind of Funny fan Get ready because you have some really awesome stuff. Of course, today, as you're hearing this live, the God of War Ragnarok review should be up over on YouTube.com slash so kind of funny games. The Games Cast crew is talking at 9 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time live on Twitch and on YouTube for your enjoyment. They're gonna give you their God of War Ragnarok spoiler-free review for all of you one of the biggest games of the year so you can check that out and of course our producer and director barrett courtney put out a really awesome special kind of funny present presents a video essay all about god of war and kratos's growth yeah it looks like he went all out with that video. he went all out on this one of course he's showing it right now and i do want to give a whole lot of props the flowers to Barrett. got the video floor out love Got the yes. video floor. Wall, love it and talked all things kratos so barrett Why don't you sell my two gaming dads and the best friends on what you just did here?
4: Uh, well, you know, if you're a smart person who has a PlayStation, right, I don't know about the, all these Xbox who may not uh, know <laughs> a God of War if they hit him in the face, right? Uh, no, uh, all honesty, right, uh, a lot of us are excited for God of War Ragnarok, including myself, who had only played God of War 2018 uh, up until a few months ago when I decided to go back to the original games. And so this is a kind of a deep dive into my interpretation of Kratos as a character, his uh, character growth, possibly lock, uh, lack thereof, and how that all might possibly tie into his end, possibly, in Ragnarok. I know they talk about the, the new games being a duology and stuff like that. So just kind of looking at his story so far and uh, what that may uh, mean for his end and kind of uh, looking back at his character growth and uh, deciding if he's actually become better uh, throughout the last 17 years.
2: I like that up, ed I encourage everyone to go check out that special video up right now. Uh, my two gaming dads, you guys are both very similar to Kratos. You've had kids. You've grown we a lot. Dads. You've had character <laughs> moments. But I do want to ask you the question over on the Xbox side or any th- game in general. What are some good character development moments that you've seen from franchises with you know a strong leading character that has grown a lot in your eyes? Do you guys have any that stick out to you? I just want to say,
3: first of all... <laughs> I'm very flattered, but aside from the fact that Paris and I are both dads, I think with, with me, the Kratos comparisons begin and end there. Paris could probably pull off a much more convincing Kratos cosplay than I ever could. Holy shit. Um, but um, sorry, I was composing my joke. What was yeah, the yeah. question again? Uh, who uh,
2: Who has some of the best <laughs> character
3: development in games that you've
2: seen out of some characters that are long-term franchise holders?
3: Yeah, if you talk about duologies, if you look at yeah. the the two Last of Us games, I think that, that okay. relationship between Joel and Ellie obviously, you know, is, is fascinating, particularly in the second game. I know a lot of people didn't love it, but, um, you know, because I think they were upset about certain choices were made. But I, I thought it was very mature, very intelligent, kind of nuanced uh, storytelling that they did. And you know, and that's obviously there are kind of you know, father-child themes that, that play into that as well. Those are always yeah. really, really popular themes in storytelling. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of another one that you know, and, I, and I, I've got to do it again. And I, I always come back to it, but I'm going to go back to uh, Yakuza like a dragon and say uh, Ichiban Kas- uh, Kasuga. Is one of the greatest uh, protagonists in all of video game history. That game, more than anything, is a story about the enduring power of friendship. And if you have, you'll, you'll appreciate this, Mike. If you have your friends around you, you can accomplish the impossible. <sighs> and that's what that game teaches you more than anything else. I love that game. That's how I feel on the XCast
2: every week. So I, I like Absolutely that right, right there. Uh, Paris Lily, what are some of your big character development moments for some characters? <laughs>
1: Well, not, not to make this the PlayStation show, but I'd also have to throw Nathan Drake in there oh, from, from Uncharted yes. to see where, where he ended up, you know, by by the time we got to Uncharted 4. I think that's a good one, but I've, I've been scratching my head, honestly, trying to think of an Xbox centric character and really two kind of stick out in my head. I mean, it may not necessarily be the, the father father son dynamic, but Marcus Phoenix. I mean, yes. think about where Marcus Phoenix started at the beginning of Gears of War and where we currently see him now, you know, has it spanned across all the way to Gears 5. Um, I think he's obviously had a lot of character development. Obviously, he's, he's had a son, his own son during that time. But I even think about, you know, his relationship with Dom and what that meant to him as well is, is a, a really good one where you've seen character growth over the years. And then realistically, you have to say Master Chief. Yes. Um, I, I think he went from someone that barely said anything to really by the time you got to Halo 3 and beyond, you you saw that that character development and that relationship grow with Cortana.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to bring up Halo and that the recent Halo Infinite. I actually really connected yeah. with that story and liked the growth of Math, Master Chief along with the pilots and, of course, the new AI, you know. Cortana saying goodbye and moving forward. I,
3: I really liked that character growth. I think you know one. when I when people say Master Chief and, and, and great character development, I, I struggle with it a little bit because mm. I I mm-hmm. never really felt that Master Chief himself is a great character. But when you talk to me about Cortana and that yes. relationship, I start to perk up a little bit because the whole thing with Cortana and her rampancy, you know, it's like yeah. it kind of makes me feel a little bit like I don't want to get like too serious, but like what it must be like to kind of lose someone to mental illness. The mm-hmm. idea of someone that's kind of like losing. You know, because you know, her program is kind of corrupting and and, and going bad. Like she's a was con- conceived and and designed to be, you know, a force for good, right? But then kind of goes horribly evil. But just because of this, her program is essentially falling apart. Yeah. But I always think that, I, I, for some reason, I've always kind of felt because it at happened to at my grandfather. That, that there's nothing scarier than like watching someone become someone that you don't recognize anymore because their mind is 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 changing yeah. and succumbing to. Uh, the ravages of an illness and I've always I don't know how much how intentional that might have been might have been on the, the, the Halo writers part, but the idea that, that that losing someone that you love, not because they're physically degrading but mentally degrading, I think is terrifying. Yeah. And I that was I, I maybe because of my own experiences with my with my family, I read some of that into the Cortana story. I like that a lot, Gary. That's really well said on that one. Uh,
2: So, of course, go check out a whole lot of content right now over on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. And, of course, over on our YouTube.com slash KindOfFunny, uh, you can check out all the Prime podcasts, all the fun entertainment podcasts as well. But don't forget, we are Epic Games Partners, which means if you are buying a new look in Fortnite, Rocket League or Fall Guys, or maybe you're buying a season pass in any of those games, please use our epic creator code, Kind of Funny, at checkout to help support the team in a brand new way. And my gaming dads, we're going to talk a whole lot about support right now because during the month of October, we opened up the brand new spare bedroom studio. We asked for the Kind of Funny best friends to come out and help support and fundraise the next year of content and all these awesome milestones and initiatives and pieces of content that we want to do. And man, oh man. They came out with a whole lot of support. So, I have a long list of Patreon producers for the month of November that I need to read out. So, please bear with me as I get through all these names Morgan Lorraine, Fargo Brady, Christopher Rodriguez, the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan. You can squat up with them anytime and play some Destiny 2 if you like. Tall Tree 81, Joseph A. Carlson, One Up, Pest Control, Carrie Palmer, Elliot. Brian Chaney, Trevor Starkey, Super Daddy Kyle, uh, Undertopia, David Mindtel, the Mind Freak, Eric Vasquez, <laughs> 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 uh, Velazquez. Eric Velasquez, thank you so much for that one, Scotty Wyatt, uh, Alex Gertal, Al Tribesman, the Predator, Jason L., James Davis, at James Davis Makes, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Ryan T. from Tennessee, Derek uh Griag and Donald Eccles. Uh, of course, if I mispronounce your name, guess what? We have a whole month to get better, I promise you on that one. But thank and, you. And so maybe much one of the episodes will actually
4: wear glasses so you can yes. actually read the names.
2: Well, once you start <laughs> laughing at some of the names like Super Daddy Kyle, it's tough to come back, everybody. It's Super tough to come back. Daddy. Super Daddy Kyle got me. But of course, this week the Kind of Funny X Cast is sponsored by the official. The Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power podcast, Rocket, Money, and Chime. But we'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. Guys, I want to start this episode off with some fun. I want to know what you've been playing, what you've been doing over this past week. Personally, I'll start with you. What has been in your Xbox? What have you been playing?
1: Sick. I hope I'm saying this right. Signalus. Am I saying that right? I hope I'm saying that right. Signolus, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. Um, I started playing that the other night. Man, it's freaking great. It's really great. That's why I, uh, I I tweeted about it and was suggesting people go check it out. I mean, if you're into kind of horror slash a little bit of sci-fi experience, it's really good. Um, I'm blanking on the studio's name off the top of my head, but I'm really loving it. It's on Game Pass, so it's like why not go check it out um I, I love the retro look to it the graphic style to it and it's just just a fantastic game a lot of fun
3: yeah it looks almost like an old um like flashbacker out of this yeah. world type mm-hmm. game i want to check it out by the yeah. way if you know mike just in general you know this this coming november i mean we're into november now yeah. the first two weeks of november microsoft put uh, announced their uh, the xbox like the first two weeks of game pass in november bangers across the board bangers across the board Gary and we're going to yeah. talk about some of
2: those bangers but I mean some really exciting ones have you seen is there one that sticks out to you as I pull up my list right
3: now for you well I mean I would need to I, need, I would need the list in front of me to, to remind yeah, myself you I remember looking that at it yesterday, yesterday. Like, goodness. so um well let's see what we got here so um off the top I mean okay so obviously football manager you know football uh, man- very, I very much it. Football my manager. my alley alley um Monkey Island, the return to Monkey Island. Yes. I didn't even know that was, I was, I was, you know, was initially announced for PC and Switch only. I'm like, well, where's, where's the Xbox and the PlayStation versions? Well, guess what? Here they are, and okay. on Game Pass. There you go. So I love that. That's coming, uh, what, November 10th. This is the big one, Vampire Survivors. Now, as I've said before, you cannot have a serious conversation about God of War, this, Elden Ring, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot have a serious conversation about a game of the year without a, a little $3 game on Steam called Vampire Survivors, which is really? just been, okay. like Everyone who touches it, like, it, it, it's game over. Like, you know, you're never playing play another game. You're hooked. And now it's coming to Xbox and it's on Game Pass. I mean, again, it looks like, it, you know, look, there's nothing to look at, but I'm telling you, this game has got the juice. This, game's this game's game has got the juice. Paris, I know, wants to jump in
1: yeah yeah just jump in on that really quick because i kept hearing about vampires so like, oh you got to play this it's so great it's so great and i just hadn't played it do you know it's already on pc game pass and has been for a yeah. while yeah I, I had no i had no idea I, I had no idea of that i just thought it was just on steam but a lot but of the people wait for, co- for the
3: console version so that's that, yeah. that that's that's an even an even bigger step And then these are two huge ones for me. I wasn't super excited about Pentiment when they first showed it. Yes. But I've been getting more excited the more I've seen. Yeah. Pentiment is coming November 15th. And then another big one for me, huge for me, Somerville from, I think, yes. some wait. of the team that made Limbo That's and Inside. Mm-hmm. Inside, in particular, is still one of my all-time favorite games. This is obviously a very similar vibe. And this is just the first two weeks of November in Game Pass. I think there's some, some incredible games on that list.
2: Yeah, really great offering right there. Paris, any of those stick out to you as we uh, talk a little bit about Game Pass update for November?
1: No, exactly what Gary said, Somerville. I'm, I'm really looking forward yes. to, to checking that out. That was like, because... For some reason, I didn't think it was coming this year. I thought it was right. coming next year. And then when that obviously got announced, hey, not only is it coming in November, but it's on Game Pass. I'm like, yep, sign me up.
2: We're yeah. really looking forward to it. I'm Super looking for this to one. score big on our fantasy critic league. I mean, this look at it. It's got
3: that limbo inside DNA all over. Oh, at beautiful, Looks tremendous.
2: Yeah, this one was the one that stuck out to me along with Replaced, which I know Paris is very excited about. That one got pushed towards 2023. I'm, but I mean, look, some that
3: pentiment, I mean, just forget about that pentiment. Vampire Survivors and Return to Monkey Island. That's just in the first two weeks of November. Solid game. Incredible.
2: Yeah, and a couple couple of really good games leaving the service that I got to highlight, The Art of Rally. Gary, I think you and I have played this, that beautiful car driving game that really stands out. The the arcade-y type one? Yeah. Yeah, uh You got to check that one out. It's really, really special. So I hope people check out The Art of Rally once again because that leaves on November 15th and is well worth your time. Paris, besides Signals, have you been playing anything else?
1: On Xbox, I'm trying to think what I can say I've been playing. <laughs> I mean, obviously, God of War on, on PlayStation. I've yes. been playing that as well. Um, what else have I been playing? I have not played Persona 5 this week. Okay. 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 Oh, How did you like it so far, though? Just due to other stuff. I'm enjoying it so far. I get why, why Barrett is so in love with it and why so many other people love it. But mm-hmm. the time sink on that looks enormous yeah so, like i said 100 yeah. hours minimum yeah 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 and you know when i guess we never really talked about it but but a plague tales rec- Requiem, i never say that right but i but but that plague Tale is fantastic um i would put that as a borderline type of game of the year contender now i did not play the first one so this was kind of my first entry you know to um, uh, uh, Amicia and Hugo and just that whole story and the plague and all the rats and I love the the stealth and the puzzle elements that you kind of get kind of using the rats to your advantage and then you know disadvantage with some of the enemies and the light and the dark aspect of it as well so really really fantastic but that story is phenomenal yeah my wife um, loved I, that I she loved that yeah.
3: first game so she's she's excited to play this new one yeah and it's on Game Pass so why
2: not I like that Gary, yeah, what have you been playing lately?
3: Uh, continuing with the Modern Warfare 2 campaign, which okay. I'm now feeling like I have to rush to finish because the spoilers are now starting to mm. pop off. Mm. I'm not going to go on a whole rant, but, like, so I, I had a very close encounter with a M- Modern Warfare 2 campaign yep. late, late stage story spoiler. Okay. Right there in the thumbnail on YouTube. And Bang. I literally kind of went, oh, look away, like, before it, like, sunk in because I didn't want to <laughs> see it. Really annoyed me. Um, still, really enjoying it. It's been interesting to you know to read a lot of the you know as you, every modern warfare game that comes out, right? There are these problematic issues that surface, right? You know, yeah. you've you seen the thing about the de-escalate. A lot of people don't don't maybe like, notice that. Saw that. Yep. you know you, mm-hmm. you don't de- de-escalate a situation by pointing your gun at yeah, someone. Yeah, not, not a fan that, of that one. Yet, that, right? kind of, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and, and various you know just I, there, there was some again pulling stuff from the real world that that, that some people found uh, distasteful. But again, if you look at it just as a piece of Kind of trashy, you know, like, like Gerard Butler action movie, mm-hmm. Jack Ryan, you know, boys, boys with high tech toys, kind of action movie. It it scratches that itch so well. The characters are really cool. That the Mexican special special ops guy, yes. Alejandro, yeah. is just such a badass. So good. The, the the holy trinity of of soap, ghost, and price, just brilliant <laughs> all day long. Um, it's super super fun. Still still enjoying all the gunplay. Still enjoying yeah. the incredibly high-end visuals of it. It's a, it's a ton of fun. Um, and beyond that, I always find myself like spending time with little oddball games. So the company sent me a code. I didn't know this, but they, they're even remaking it. But they sent me a code for something called Arkanoid Eternal Battle. Okay. Arkanoid, you, this, may be, this probably is before your time, but back in the 80s, Taito made essentially what was a new, a, a, at that time a new version of Breakout. So it's essentially just Breakout, you know, kind of swatting at the bricks with a little bat that goes back and forth. But it added power ups and, you know, you know, what at the time were kind of high end graphics and stuff like that. And it was basically a new version of Breakout. Well, it's back again. Barrett Bar- Bar- is so fast pulling these clips up. I love it. So that's what Arkanoid. Oh, so who that's doesn't what love Arkanoid, that game. This So that's, a great right, game, that's the Gary. retro mode. That's what yeah, Arkanoid yeah. looked like back in the day. Oh, I love this one. Right? This is in Brick Breaker. Isn't that Break- what the young kids call this, Brick Breaker? Well, I mean, so Breakout was the original, and okay. now here is like the, I think the, I think this is, this is called like the the new Nuevo, whatever they call it, the the new Neo. It's the Neo version. Okay, I like so it's this, essentially Gary. the same game, but with a you know, but with like you know, new features and higher end graphics. And what's really exciting, I want to get into, is there's a 25 player battle royale. Oh, you know I love battle royale. Well, you know, we, well, we love BRs the around models. here. And I love I love thinking and talking about how the Battle Royale format has been surprisingly agile, right? You yeah. have Battle Royale Mario, Battle Royale Pac-Man, Battle Royale Tetris. Well, now there's Battle Royale Arkanoid. Paris, again, the the, the, the dad over there, you nodded a little bit when I said Arkanoid. You remember Arkanoid, right? Oh, yeah, or? yeah.
1: I totally remember that, yeah.
3: So I'm, I'm really glad that's back. It's uh, it's a little indie title. Um, uh, you find, I, I don't know how much it costs because, again, they sent me a code. But it's, I, they're on the Microsoft Game Store. Uh, right now, not on, one of the few titles not on Game Pass apparently, but uh, really, really enjoying it. If you again, you like these these old-fashioned brick breakers, and here's something else I discovered today. This is so perfectly timed. So you know how they're bringing out this Atari 50th an- 50th anniversary collection of like all the classic Atari games. Yes. The Mad Scientists over uh, at Digital Eclipse, some of my friends over there, they've made. So I was complaining about this the other day. Like when I was playing, I think I was playing like uh, Breakout Recharge, which is another you know Atari brought back the original Breakout, and I was thinking about how I would love it. If you, could, if you could somehow simulate paddle controls on a gamepad because there's nothing that simulates mm. like a dial-style okay. paddle control. Yeah, yeah. And I was th- thinking about how you, if you could just take the little thumbstick and just like twist it and rotate it and, tw- and treat it like a paddle, mm. that would be really cool. But obviously it would have to be engineered that way. Yeah. The guys at Digital Eclipse, this is so cool. Go and check out their Twitter account. they show you how to do it. They 3D <clears> printed <throat> a, pa- a dial paddle controller that it will clamp over your Xbox controller. Cool. And you can tri- and it controls the thumbstick, but you can, tw- you can twist it like a paddle. That's and they've made cool. all the 3D printing designs available free online so you can print out your own paddle controller, stick it on your Xbox controller, and play Breakout and play Night Driver and all those, all those classic games that required Pong. You know, again, was what was best with a with a with a dial paddle. You can actually recreate that now, you, as long as you can 3D print it. You can create the the original classic controls. You ever play four player Warlords? No. In the arcades with that dial paddle control, I mean, there's nothing like it. I like this idea, Gary. Yeah. I like
2: this. I mean, I do. I am a big fan of Brick Breaker. I'm sure that's the wrong name for that, but I like this game that you've shown us, Arkanoids. I'm Arcanoid. gonna check that out. I'm there was Arkanoid,
3: and then there was Arkanoid 2: The Revenge of Doe. Doe was like the was the, mm. the evil boss from the original Arkanoid. Okay. You, you should get it. We can play. You can play head-to-head. You can play PR. We got a battle royale. Well, once I get like. this paddle, I'm going to be unbeatable. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to 3D print one of these paddles, and I'm going I'm to play old school. Okay. I had the original paddle controllers for the Atari 2600, because some games only worked, like, again, Pong and things like that. Yeah. The breakout was another classic example. Like, you can, you can move the l- little thing back and forth with, um, you know, with your thumbstick or whatever, or even with a mouse. It's not the same. You gotta have the you gotta have the paddle. It's like, playing, like trying to play missile command without a trackball. You gotta have the trackball. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's like playing golden tea without the trackball. I can I can see you know Mike I mean? not, as I go deeper and deeper into the Stone uh, Age of gaming. Mike's just nodding along. Guys. Know, I'm just like I'm trying to put it into my <laughs> world of like what have I played? Golden tea. Everybody's played golden oh, tea at well, the I'm, bar. A, a classic right? trackball. Right? If you yeah, don't yeah, it's have the trackball on golden b or golden tea, you're not playing. Golden they, tea, there was right. a, like, I when I was a heavy drinker back in the day. <laughs> I used okay, to drink used to drink in this one bar that was on the corner of my neighborhood childhood. Um, and they had a golden tea machine. Yeah. And it was one of those, because remember, there was a time when golden tea ruled the earth. It was everywhere. Hey,
2: I
0: mean, and especially I still the think that day is The now.
3: ones that were <laughs> hooked up onto the internet and you could be in the global,
2: yep. the global you and the think local that rankings. that
4: day is now? Is that what you just said, Mike?
2: <laughs> Hold up. You're telling me that everyone on this X-Cast set right now, if we walked into a bar and they had golden tea, we're not walking uh, up there smacking that? hundred percent. Thank you. And are you parents, you... are we smacking that? Yeah, of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> Bear, you a, are you were smacking you a, that with us? You know you, you, you are. Were you Were a big hitter? Were like the, the guy that like really on. wrecked it. Yeah. yeah, of
3: course you were. <laughs> of course. You're gonna let the big dog right. eat. I'm gonna get, you're gonna get that fairway driver. <laughs> I, love I, that. Loved okay, I loved it. I loved it. I love That's tea. what you've been playing. What else? Um so uh, Arcanoid, uh, Modern Warfare. I'm still playing through Coffee Talk, which is this little kind of yeah, story game, little visual novel on um on Game Pass that I'm really enjoying. And again, I'm not we're not supposed to talk about it. Yet. I can't because I literally just installed it, but I got an early code for we have just talked about Pentiment. Okay. which I want to try. That's probably going to be... As soon as I'm done with the Modern Warfare campaign, I have a God of War Ragnarok code as well. I mean, we shouldn't really be talking about PlayStation stuff. <laughs> they've, got, they've got their own show for that. I still never finished the original God of War, so I have to finish that. I probably won't get to Ragnarok until The 2005 next year. game? 2009. No, sorry. The 2000... I, say <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean yeah, the original, yeah, yeah. the reboot, no, 2018. I know, I know. I know. You got to play that one. Yeah. I got to finish it's a must it, play. and, I gotta, and then, then, then I'll move. But again, I, pl- I tend to play games like... I don't, I don't like the pressure... And this is true with TV as yeah. well. Is I don't like the pressure of feeling like I have to watch whatever else everyone else is watching that's in the zeitgeist right now, because mm-hmm. it's like in order to keep up with the conversation on social media and avoid, and, and become spoiler immune. Yeah, right. Because spoilers fly thick, thick and fast. You know, YouTube thumbnails on Twitter are everywhere. You mute hashtags, but they find a way around <laughs> it. It's a constant battle. Like whack a mole, trying not to get spoiled. <laughs> but when I feel like oh this is the game that's like in the zeitgeist? It's in the frame right now. Like right now, everyone's talking about God of War because it's you know just about to come out and the reviews yeah. are dropping. It's like I feel like I, it almost makes me not want to play because it, it feels like homework. Mm. In order to play, it's like I hope you I hope you brought you know I hope you did all your required reading so you can come to the conversation and, and take part. It's like, I just want to play what I want to play, and I'll play the games that I want to play on my own. There are some games like, like, like Modern Warfare. Anytime that campaign drops, I will get to it right away because yep. yep. I just want to play it as soon as possible. But if there's a game that I'm like, yeah, I could see myself playing that, but it's like, oh no, but you have got to play because it, it's what everyone's talking about right now. It kind of makes me want to rebel against it. And, like, no, I'm going to go play, like, uh, fucking Arkanoid or some weird shit over here. And I'll, I'll play that, you know, when I get to it. I'm, 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 you, a, Gary, I'm a so rebel, that... Mike. I'm an iconoclast. I love that you do that, Gary. You you set your own terms. That's right. I love that about you. I do want to
2: circle back before I tell you about what I've been playing. You talked about spoilers, Gary. Mm. I want to know from my two gaming dads, a little side conversation, when can we spoil things? You brought up Modern Warfare, and you're avoiding spoilers. We're the first week. Two weeks now. When is the spoiler
3: conversation for you, Gary? And then you, Paris, after that for games? Because games for games. That, uh, for game, I mean, if it's like an epic story game, like something like a God of War. Yeah. Because the thing is, like you know that, and obviously, God of War is a bad example because it leaked early, right? Mm-hmm. Some retailers were selling it early, but like even if you assume that it's like everyone starts at like midnight on day one. Yeah. You know there are going to be spoilers up on the internet, like like speedrunners right right. and people that are just going to like burn through it so fast that the spoilers could be up within hours. Like end game spoilers could be up and will, will be up within hours. Yeah. <laughs> right? And what's reasonable, what's reasonable though, for a game like God of War, which I'm guessing is probably like 20, 30 hours to play through. I mean, I have no idea. I'm just making that number up, but it seems like it's that kind of thing to play all, all the way through the story. Maybe okay. it's less, I don't know. Um I think like at least a couple of weeks, like not everyone again, especially me like I'm a dad, I've got two kids by the time I get both kids to bed, I'm exhausted, maybe I've got half an hour to play a game i I feel like I'm constantly waging that battle against mm-hmm. like trying to keep up with the the social media conversation and not get spoiled. I think reasonably for like a story intensive game like and especially end game stuff and late stuff and story stuff, at least a couple of weeks. Okay. Be- before you start running your mouth on social media I like and then that. even then at least like do a, do a warning or a spoiler warning or something if you want to put if, this is what really know the youtube thing annoys me in particular <coughs> if you want to put spoilers in a youtube video by all means do it but don't put it right in the title of the video or on the thumbnail where there's a chance that it's going to get me in a drive-by i'm scrolling past my recommended drive-by. i didn't even ask to see it. it's just oh the algorithms decided you clicked on a god of war video two years ago so how would how about we tell you the end of god of war 2 right now before you even played it no fuck off
2: yeah it annoys yeah. me paris what about you on spoilers i mean you are <laughs> mr social media so you're always driving the conversation where, where you got to be paris Well, I
1: was just about to say, I I get, I get my hand slapped so much with like, not gaming stuff, but like TV movie stuff where I'm not giving a specific spoiler, but I might hint towards something and someone says, Oh, that's a spoiler. And I go, Oh crap. I delete it. Um, I'm with Gary. You got to at least give it a few weeks, but even then I try to, I don't want to just fully just spoil whatever it is. I, I I feel like you got to give it a few months for exactly what Gary was saying. It's like, not everyone's going to be able to play something day and date right away and be able to get through it. It might take people weeks, even months before they complete the story. So I try to always be very sensitive to that and dance around it. Like as an example, even Halo Infinite, I, I don't try to spoil how that, that, that ended even now, because I feel like there's people that haven't played it, you know, as an example. So like Gary just talked about, he hasn't Completed the first God of War. I don't think I've ever talked about the ending to the first God of War publicly Because as great as as much as I love that game I know again that not everyone's completed it and obviously here we go now with Ragnarok Uh, You know it's going to be even more heightened but but social media and especially YouTube with the thumbnails man They spoil so many things For people that if you really want to watch something if you really don't want to be spoiled Like I have that anxiety like with movies like Wakanda Forever going Thursday night, right. six o'clock. I don't want anything to be spoiled. So let me just get it out of the way, you know, before, before anyone has a chance, you know, to do it. So I try to be very, very conscious of it, but I've learned yeah. even hinting around at stuff. People, and that doesn't mean you, know, you have to like tiptoe
3: around people for weeks and you can't talk about it. They're like, you know, I, I get it, right. Let's say you, you yeah. love God of War and you play it and you finish it in a couple of days and you can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. By all means talk about it, but just be aware of like not causing collateral damage When you're talking about it, like you can go to forums, you know, you can go to play and you can talk about it on Twitter. In a in a way, like, I mean, I would I would love it if they added like for example like spoiler tags and spoiler mm-hmm. uh, like mm-hmm. let me let me click on the little you know redacted text, but then I'll click on it. Okay,
4: to, well, we can add that, Gary, but we're going to charge you fifty dollars yeah, is, is month. Another, is that another eight dollars a <laughs> $8 month? Yeah, a month. Right, yeah.
2: he's going to put that <laughs> in the in the subscription <laughs> service.
3: Effect. We'll get Stephen King to complain about it and get fifty percent <laughs> off. Um, so uh, yeah, that bugs me, but like but again, at some point it does. The, the I, I would say at some point it's a good question, Mike. At some point, like the burden of responsibility shifts over to me exactly and what I mean right. by that is let's say I just said I haven't played I haven't finished God of War 2018 right and it's four years old now mm-hmm. that game so if you if you now were to like drop a God of War ending spoiler on on me I've got no right to complain about right. that like, oh well you yeah. spoiled that for me so but to which you I think you have every right like to say well if you haven't you had it four years to play it if you haven't played it in four years how much can you really claim to care about the ending yeah you know what I mean so it, it, it's it's a moving target. It depends on the game and it depends on the audience. But and, and so you always have to and, and different people have different sensitivities. Like Perry just touched on the idea that some people might consider you could show two different. You should show the same piece of material to different people. One person might consider that a spoiler, and the other person wouldn't. So they've all got their own their own sensitivities to it. So it's it is a it's a minefield. Both as someone who doesn't want to be spoiled, and it's also a minefield for someone who is who wants to you know be. Um, Conscious of not spoiling it for other people, so you careful about what you say. But then, then of course, you have the fucking maniacs who want to spoil it for people, <laughs> right? Yes. The, pe- the the people that drove that drove by, you know, the bookstore at two o'clock in the morning, shouting, "Oh, this major Harry Potter character yes. dies!" were just to be assholes about it, and we know that people are doing that because it's like their their lives are so fucking bereft of any real joy that the only way they can they can derive that any sense of happiness person. is by, know, by by taking it from other people. On the yeah.
4: internet it makes sense but it's wild that people were doing that in person where there was like the reality oh, that the could, someone could like chase after them and like I don't know give them a little slap or something. Outrageous. Know, wild. Well, Outrageous. You know
1: how how crazy it is with social media and the spoilers like I mentioned something about Henry Cavill and Black Adam and people got mad at me and
4: I'm thinking the Rock has been spoiling this for weeks. Yeah, this isn't yeah. a secret anymore, <laughs> but even that people
1: consider it a spoiler, so I try to be careful. The, uh,
4: Paris, people didn't want you spoiling the very mediocre movie, okay? Come on. <laughs> uh, but I, I do want our
2: watchers and listeners, no matter where you are, let us know what is spoiler territory for you. I like that of like, You spoiling something, and then on the other side, how long is too long for you to be holding on? Yeah, and again, there's
3: no, it's not an exact science. It's different for Mm -hmm. everyone. It depends on the game, it depends on the medium. Like, there's, you know, again, the Book of Eli has a big thing at the end of it that could be considered a spoiler. The movie's 12 years old. If you haven't seen it, then it's it's not my responsibility for you to not be spoiled. I like that. I like that, Gary. Uh, For me, I have some encouraging words for you, Gary. If you're really
2: enjoying the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 campaign, Try Spec Ops once you're done. Grab one buddy. It's a two-person experience. There's three levels up right now. And once again, they hit you with some incredible, incredible cinematics at the beginning where you get amped up and excited with your squad. And then they hit you with one really dope one. I've played two out of the three missions. One was very cool. It's very stealth. Felt like Metal Gear Solid where you had to avoid detection, go in stealth and work in tandem with your co-op partner. And then the other one, Totally uninspired. It was just you holding down six hard points for like 15 minutes. Not fun at all to do, but it is cool to see the cinematics come back into a multiplayer mode and really hit hard.
3: I used so, to love those. I, I, th- th- you to th- check I thought it was out. one of when when Mon warfare first, like post PUBG. Like when I first saw that video of you being like, like being cinematically kind of like heli airdropped mm-hmm. into the combat zone, and then seamlessly you're playing the game. Yeah, I thought that was
2: fantastic. Oh, you're gonna like this one. Uh, I also played Fall Guys with the new Ghostbuster uh, oh, costumes, yeah. and I have to encourage you if you enjoy Fall Guys, they have a lot of great costumes
3: right now. I mean, it's awesome. That's been interesting to see since they've switched to this microtransaction model. Yeah, you'll notice that it's new skins all the time. now. That's the how time. they're monetizing the game. They just dropped the Doctor Who. Doctor Skin pack,
2: He Man's on
3: the way. He Man right? is on the way.
2: Yeah, they, and I, I, I like them.
3: now that when because the, they did this with Sonic as well as when they drop these skins, they also do special themed events. Mm. Basically, you know, so with Sonic, it was like go around and collect the rings. I think they're doing some kind of Battle for Eternia type event with the with the He Man and the Skeletor yeah. skins. I like what they're doing with Fall Guys right now. They're keeping it fresh. I'm liking what they're doing with Fall Guys. I am still waiting the map editor, and I yeah, think there's that's gonna some
2: be the small one. tweaks for someone like me. Who has played a bunch who creates a lot of content and likes streaming it a lot i think there's some small uh you know improvements of life that can be improved upon right like for me those custom games gary i think i need a little more onus i need to be able to choose the next map or make my own playlist i don't like having it up to media tonic who changes the playlists on the regular or the playlists just don't fit the play style of me and the community that i'm playing with if i had more control over that Man, oh man. I yeah, think the more custom customizations are really good. And
3: I, and I agree. I think that when that level editor drops, that's it's like that's yeah. going to be a whole new experience. It's going to be real special. And then finally, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. You know, we
2: haven't talked about it here on this podcast, but we did talk about it with Greggy over on the Kind of Funny Games cast. But I've been playing a lot of Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed with the crew here at Kind of Funny, and I've really enjoyed that multiplayer game. There is. Uh, truly and honestly, something special in that game that Ilphonic made, right? I think it's one of their best so far. You can see the quality. You can see the love that they put into the Ghostbusters world. Being able to create your and customize your character has so much depth. The game has a lot of depth when it comes to different ghosts that you can be, to the Ghostbusters (laughs) and different, you know, wands that you can put on, all the different tactics you can have. But the issue for me is it comes down to gameplay, and they only have one game mode, and I think that's its biggest hindrance is once you play that X amount of hours, it kind of gets boring of this is the same thing over and over again. And I think that's the tough part that you get into with these 4v1 games. Unless you have a cult classic like Dead by Daylight, a lot of these just tend to miss the mark when it comes to one month, three months, six months down the road of can we still keep doing the same thing? I mean, I didn't even
3: know the they had a multiplayer mode. I was, I was mainly when I, the stuff I've been looking was mainly on the story side. But if if they follow what has been kind of the typical um, roadmap for these multiplayer yeah. you know, backends, is you know they'll be oh now we've added this mode. You know, three mm-hmm. months in, there's like you know they need to. It doesn't sound like they shipped with a whole lot. Again, it's the problem that Halo. How many times have we talked about it? Halo Infinite and how they needed, you know, they they desperately needed to add more game modes and more variety more quickly because you know i've told this story on the cast a million times i played so much halo like almost every waking hour and then i just hit a wall where i was like i i need more things to do i don't want to just keep playing the same maps in the game and and they lost me and it's like that you know how like they say like car dealers never want to let you walk away. It's like, what, they'll do anything to like, what I need to do in this car. They don't want you to walk away because you like, want to say, I'll come back. I need to go, go away. I just yeah. want to get out of this situation. I'll walk away and I'll come back. But, they, but car dealers know that 99% of the time, you don't come back. Yep. So they've got to get, they don't want you to walk away because you will not come. And that's the problem. When you, like, it's the same true with a multiplayer game. Once the magic wears off and you go, I'm done with this game and you walk away, it's really really hard to get players to come back. Yeah. And I think that's one of the one of the challenges tough they've been one. facing, yeah. That's
2: right. So I look forward to seeing more from that game because I think they have a good core, but I think they need to add on pretty quick here to keep that player base engaged and uh having fun. But guys, I want to poise you the question just after these word from a word from our sponsors. We'll see you in a moment.
0: Are you wasting money on subscriptions? of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Well, most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to more than $200. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. There's this app Tim loves using that takes care of all of that for him. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place, and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Tim loves it; it's great. You should use it. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't even know you were still paying for. You may even find that you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoneycom funny Seriously it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. Go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of Khazad-Dum, and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Host Felicia Day and several special guests provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle Earth to life. Each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with with the series showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you won't want to miss. Watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? didn't think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average with payday up to two days early and fee-free overdrafts up to $200. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash KF games. That's Chime.com slash KF games. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank N.A. pursuant to the license from Visa USA Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Regular on time payment history can have a positive effect on your credit score. Impact to your score may vary and some user scores may not improve of network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any All-Point or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. So, again, start your credit journey with Chime. Sign-up takes only two minutes, doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash KFGames. That's Chime.com slash KFGames.
2: Guys, we got a fun one here. Of course, Phil Spencer sat down on the Same Brain podcast It had a lot of really great conversations and talking points that I highly encourage our audience to go check out over on that YouTube channel, a really great podcast for you to listen to and have some fun. Of course, anytime Phil Spencer sits down, you should probably listen and see what he's talking about, but I've highlighted a couple and that's going to get us into our main topic of Does Xbox have the juice for 2023? Can they win 2023 with a number of games that they have announced and have upcoming? But let's talk about that podcast because there was a couple of cool moments there, a couple of cool key pieces on the Game Pass side. Phil Spencer mentioned a lot of growth over on the PC side of things. And also, they're looking to improve the Xbox app, which myself and Paris and Gary have spoke a lot about. Everyone has been vocal about that app. But of course, the PC side, a lot of growth being seen there. On the console side, seeing a little bit of a slowdown, right? He says that they think they've reached the almost the maximum of people with a console that you could, right? And I think that's an interesting conversation of what is that maximum thing? Where's your next market, say, you're going to go attack? Of course, mobile and PC are clearly the next parts of the ecosystem that you look at. But interesting to hear the console side slowing down. Yeah,
3: by the way, and that contraction is not, is not confined to the Xbox. So I read a story this morning that PlayStation Plus, since they added those new tiers, and that was supposed to be like the reboot, yeah. PlayStation Plus 2.0, Sony's lost 2 million players. Since they brought that, brought, since they since, since they rebooted that, so and there was a number of you know I think very valid reasons they gave. Mm-hmm. Like they they, they after well, now that the pandemic's lifting, people just want to get like people were playing games more when they locked at home. Now that you know the 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 doors are opening and people can go out, people are going out and spending less time playing games. And maybe they were too confusing with the tiers and various other things. But like it does it does seem like there is kind of a I would think like in a little a little bit of a. I guess in the financial markets, they would call a correction, right? There was a massive, massive boost in, in online multiplayer gaming and gaming in general. Yeah. Things you could do at home while the pandemic was really biting down. Now that it's starting to lift a little bit, that you are seeing that, that correction, I think. And people, people are gaming a little bit less. Yeah, mentioned that he's really
2: pleased with not only the customer
3: side, but also the creator side. SEEING RETURNING
2: CREATORS AND PUBLISHERS COMING BACK TO THE SERVICE HE'S REALLY, REALLY PLEASED WITH. AND, OF COURSE, HE'S HAPPY THAT THE CREATORS ARE HAPPY WITH THE DISCOVERABILITY. AND THAT'S SOMETHING WE TALK ABOUT ALL THE TIME HERE ON THE SHOW, RIGHT? Is THE DISCOVERABILITY ASPECT for not only the customers, but for the creators not to get lost in this shuffle. And I think Paris had a good tweet today all about, hey, we should have a better Xbox show that highlights some of these awesome creators and developers and maybe showcase what they're currently making. But Paris, when we talk about that Game Pass segment that Phil spoke about, do you agree with most of that of seeing the PC side grow, maybe console hitting a limit, but of course many players waiting for more games to resubscribe maybe?
1: Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is it's, it's math. I mean, I mean, think about it. They only, I mean, we don't know the exact number of consoles that they have in the market right now. And I'm talking the the X and the S, but there's only so many that are currently out there. And basically what Phil Spencer was saying is only a certain percentage of your audience is going to want to invest in being a subscriber of a service like Game Pass. So that's why he said that percentage, the, the percentage will stay the same, but the number of people, will grow as they get more consoles, as they get more hardware out there into the market. But then when you look at the PC side of it and you look at the mobile side of it, that number just absolutely dwarfs anything that you'll ever see on console. So of course it makes sense that that side of Game Pass continues to grow exponentially while we're seeing the console side slow down. So as an example, I don't know, let's say there's 25 million Xbox Series X's and S's out there. What he's basically saying is that number is going to stay around that 15% of that 25 million. But when it gets to 50 million, it'll still be 15%. But now there's more people on the console that have actually subscribed to Game Pass. So if Game Pass is going to grow to some, you know, magical number, I don't know, 100 million subscribers overall, you're going to get more on the PC and the mobile side than you're eventually going to have on the console side. Again, it's just math. There's just simply more people that play games on PC and mobile than, than play on console. So when they're talking about reaching, what do they say? They wanna reach a billion people or something like that. It's going to be those mobile gamers and and those PC gamers that are gonna make up the majority of that number versus what we'll ever see on console.
2: Yeah, and then uh, moved into the Blizzard Activision deal. Of course, we've been talking a bunch about that since they announced that purchase. So they're currently in the regulatory process, which we've talked about before. But they are expecting to close this fiscal year for their business, which ends in June. So something to keep an eye out there for that one. That will be very exciting. Phil is confident with the deal going through and shared more insight about Call of Duty exclusivity, stating they are not taking Call of Duty off the PlayStation platform. And this game deal will be similar with what they did with Minecraft. Of course, Call of Duty celebrating one of its largest releases ever with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Uh, Paris, you and I, and Gary, but I turn to you, we've talked exclusivity. We've talked about putting down the big bucks and Mm -hmm. bringing games to your side. But there's also a little bit of gray in between that because sometimes it's right for the business to keep that on all consoles. Do you agree with that of not taking Call of Duty away?
1: Yeah, I think that's what you're seeing with Call of Duty. They're going to treat it like Minecraft. So, and obviously we saw the record numbers that Modern Warfare 2 has had this week in, in sales and engagement. Why would you risk that by making it exclusive that makes no sense? What you'll they'll probably do, are you assuming contract, you know, contracts aside, is the advantage to say, "Hey, come play it on Xbox, it's on Game Pass." whatever DLC might be first things like that but the core Call of Duty experience why would you take that away from from PlayStation I mean it's we're talking 100 million plus people on PlayStation right now that potentially could be playing that game and as the numbers are showing are playing that game you know uh you know at record record numbers so it's business there you'd be taking revenue away if you did
3: yeah, Gary, that feel about right to you? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We should go back and like pull some clips because we, we've been all over the place on this as we've <laughs> talked about this. We've we've had we've had we've heard every. Well, I think all of us at some point have, have have come at this from every angle. We've said, you know, you don't spend X billion dollars, you know, to you know to to not bring these games in house yes. and make them exclusive. But we've also said, as Paris just did, you don't you know spend that much money and uh, you, you you don't take a game like Call of Duty, which is as which is as big as it is across that many platforms and and, and you then, then just confine it to one platform. I think there's logic in both arguments. I think what ultimately wins out is, you know, what they're deciding to do, which is, again, keep it. They're, they're, I think there would have been a lot of bad will engendered mm-hmm. if they'd... And obviously Sony were really kicking and screaming about it. I think probably could have made a lot of trouble for them. I think Game Pass is still ultimately going to give them the edge. Phil, I know in the interview, how they'll continue to support it on PlayStation. The Minecraft analogy is, is a good one. Um, I think Call of Duty is... One of those games that's, that is too big, and is historically too big across, particularly across PlayStation, to for, 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 it, for it, it. It is almost unthinkable in retrospect to it not be on PlayStation going forward. Now it's an Xbox exclusive title. Microsoft will continue to print money now, publish it on PlayStation. Just to be clear, though, it's it, the analogy is fine. Call of Duty is not Minecraft. Minecraft is in a is in a league of its mm. own in terms of the scale and popularity. It's not even close. Like it's up there in the upper, upper, upper echelons. Call of Duty is big. Minecraft is Stratospherically big, um, and so I think I think it makes sense. It will be really really interesting to see what the future of it looks like going forward. I think it's basically going to be a little bit of a the flip the script of of what it used to be, which is on every platform but the playstation version is always considered the the real master platform it's the one that has the you know they used to do that thing where you know exclusive spec ops mode only available on playstation for the first year they say the first year that's actually the like the uh, one year is the life (laughs) is the life cycle of a call of duty game because there's a new one basically every year although they may not be going forward right phil said maybe we'll we'll make it like biannual or whatever but i think what you're going to see now is yeah it's continues to be on every platform but xbox is now the core platform for the the game the game pass the the, the, whatever bonuses whatever dlc like that that's that's going to be the platform that gets like if you want the best call of duty experience you'll still be able to get it on every platform but xbox is going to become the platform that is known for having the best call of duty experience
2: yeah and then uh some other notables of course i highly encourage you to check out this podcast the same Brain podcast with phil on this recent episode but the other big notable of course restating that xbox is in it for the long term And they're thinking of new hardware, new games, and new ways to play. Always encouraging to hear that Microsoft and this team over at Xbox are in it for the long haul and want to continue to do this. And, of course, the final one. Phil and the team have heard loud and clear it's been too long since they have shipped a big First party game. And that's what I want to talk about on today's kind of funny X cast. Our main topic of the show is can Xbox bring the goods in 2023 after a rough start? I think we all can agree on the first two years of this console. First year had a little bit of shining moments. Second year here, as we start to wrap up, not as many shining moments from the first party titles here. So let's talk about what we can expect. In 2023, and I want you two to tell me, do you think they got it for 2023 to turn this ship around?
3: God, I hope so, because i got to admit, it, even as an Xbox cheerleader, even as someone who is an Xbox enthusiast, it is my preferred platform. You know, mm-hmm. whenever Greggy asks, you know, do you want a game code? I always say Xbox I, Xbox yep. is the one that I, if it's available on Xbox, that's the one that I want. I like the controller. I like the, I, I just like the UI, I like the experience. That's kind of my home platform. I still, again, I have a PlayStation 5 and a Switch and a PC, I play on everything but if i if i'm given the choice i would always prefer that it be on on xbox first yeah. but even as someone who is fanboy call it what you will it's been fr- it has been a fr- i think a frustrating year like we've wa- we've wanted more titles uh, to to trump it and i think it is still an area where sony i think has an edge. I could do a whole podcast talking about all the things I don't like about the, the PlayStation. I don't like the user experience. Uh, I don't like the controller very much. Um, I think the PlayStation stuff is nowhere. The PlayStation Plus is nowhere near as good as Game Pass. But like the kind of games that I like, big, meaty, um, story-driven, single-player campaign-type games, Uncharted, Last of Us, God of War, uh, you name it. Sony, Sony does that better than Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I, don't think I, I, I don't think anyone could really, really argue that, and that's where they need to get better. I think by bringing Bethesda, who are a leader in that space, you know, whether it be Fallout and now um, uh, know, Elder Scrolls and now Skyrim, and now and now Starfield, that's I think that was I think part of the reason why Bethesda was a very attractive purchase for Microsoft because they immediately buy in a lot of that yeah. type of game and a lot of the expertise. But obviously, the fruits of that. We had hoped to see that at the end of this year. Now Starfield's been pushed back. Mm-hmm. I think as we look at the end of this year, it's like, I, I think Xbox gamers have every right to say, where's our God of War Ragnarok this holiday? There isn't one. And it, again, it was going to be Starfield and it got pushed. And again, better that they push it than release it early. But it has left, I think, Xbox gamers this year, this holiday season. Game Pass, we just saw Game Pass is still amazing, but the big flagship AAA titles, Sony has won this holiday. Xbox doesn't. Xbox doesn't. And and I think Phil's doesn't, it doesn't take a genius to, to identify that is that is a problem that needs to be corrected going forward into 2023 and beyond.
2: Parrish, while we set up 2023 and what this means, do you agree with that for 2022? Is that where you stand as well, looking at this and the first party lineup that we had throughout this year? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's, it's pretty clear, you know, 2022, there's a, a, a big... I don't think they've ever had this in their history in their what twenty-one year history now where they've not shipped some type of big AAA experience, um, you know, in 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 the holiday season. So, well, maybe twenty twenty I with the pandemic, but you get my point. It's a very it's a rarity that this happens. Um, as we go into twenty twenty three, it, it's not can they bring it? They have to. I mean, I I think it's as simple as that. They have to. And they've given us the promise of the first half of what 2023 is going to look like. So when you take that combination of Starfield, Redfall, Forza Motorsport, um, Minecraft Legends, those games need to deliver. It it can't be, and obviously they're not rushing things out the door. That's why they delayed Starfield and Redfall. But they need to come in as quality, polished experiences that, you know, we're looking across different genres, of course, but these need to be good games they they need to be those big triple a quality experiences that we're expecting because it has been a delay due to pandemic and other reasons right we 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 haven't had all those big games these first couple years of the series X uh, life life cycle so 2023 has to be that for them and I'm pretty sure they know that as well so we look at the first half of the year and then obviously beyond into the second half of 2023 what is that going to look like they gotta start delivering those games I I will always go back to what Matt Booty I believe he said that on Gamescast when he was on they gotta have a game a quarter got to get to that cadence to where they're delivering these games a quarter not only just you know obviously people talk about game pass and all that but not everyone's going to use game pass you have people that are going to invest in the xbox ecosystem and they want quality titles coming out of xbox game studios so now's the time forget activision and all that you you have 23 something studios that are working on various things they got to start delivering them and yeah 2023 has to be that year all
2: right let's talk about 2023 And can they deliver? Will they deliver? They got to deliver. Let's talk about first-party titles right now, right? Under the Microsoft and Bethesda umbrella, we're going to see a new turn of leaf, First time for Bethesda titles to be published first on Xbox. Yeah, I was going to say, I
3: I, I, I wanted to make the point, since you're talking about first-party titles first, I think those are really important. As much as we want to move past, like, the console wars mindset, and as much as I think third-party games, you know, the Call of Duties and stuff of, of, of of the world, Continue to you know it's not like there's no there's a shortage of, of great AAA games on the Xbox, mm-hmm. but most of them are coming from third parties and they're on the PlayStation as well. Sometimes you do want that bragging rights game. Yeah. Sometimes you do want that game that says, you know what, I get to play. I, I got God of War Ragnarok. What do you got? Or, like, you know, or or just say, like, you know, last year I got Halo Infinite. What do you got? Forza Horizon. What do you got? Like, there, there is still a little bit of that playground mentality, and that's where Microsoft is, is lagging right now in these first-party titles. So let's yeah. get into it. Let's talk about that right now. Of course, looking at it, Age of Empires 2.0. Definitive
2: Edition and Age of Empires 4 will both come to console out of your first-party lineup, right there. We talked about that last week. That is a true RTS. That's a yeah. big-time game, not a huge console game or market, more towards the PC side, but still, nonetheless, coming to console. Exciting enough, Paris? When we when I say Age of Empires, does that excite the there's, common there's fan? is the do Trebuchet. You think? You're
1: asking, is that going to excite the common fan? Yes,
2: when we talk about first party titles, is this going to excite the common fan and their value? I think
1: the fact that you're getting it on console is going to be uh, uh, an exciting thing for people that have never experienced playing an age game. Like now maybe they feel like I have an opportunity to experience what people have literally been playing for 25 years, right, throughout, you know, with all the various sequels, so... I think there's an opportunity there in January. It comes right. Age of Empires Mm two. I think there's an opportunity there. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, Of as long as they can get that controller experience to be, to be, you know, to be usable, to be enjoyable. I think they'll be fine. And obviously they're bringing mouse and keyboard support along with it as well. So as long as the controller experience overall is a good one on console, I think this is a great opportunity for them to expose, you know, the age games, you know, to literally to a new audience because you're gonna have a ton of people that are console only that have never played it. So yeah, I I, I do think this is something that they can have a notch in their belt, so to speak, uh, to say that, yep, this is something that people are gonna wanna check out. Okay, up
3: next, I, 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 oh, I yeah, just want to one. add, it, on, on that note, if, if we were hosting a PC gaming podcast in the 1990s, yeah. as I used to do, by the way, <laughs> we, we would be talking about how that is one of the biggest titles of the yes. year. But the problem yes. is, as Paris says, 25 years later, time yeah. has moved on. Even yeah. on PC, RTS doesn't dominate the way it used to be. The, the, the days of StarCraft and WarCraft yeah. and Command and & Conquer dominating, being some of the biggest you know, heavy hitters in the PC gaming landscape, that's over. And on console... Forget about it. Unless unless something changes and it would have to be a big seismic shift, a real game changing game, RTS is always gonna be a niche on console. So I think that's that is not that's not gonna change the equation. I'm very similar to
2: you there, Gary. That's how I feel about this one. Up next though, spring twenty twenty-three, Forza Motorsport. Of course, this one's going back to the track. We've talked about this. This is turn ten. What kind of excitement can you expect out of this one, Gary?
3: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this back at you and ask you to educate me a little bit about Forza because I, I I'm not one of these gearhead tuner kind mm-hmm. of guys that gets into like, you know, changing every little spark plug in Gran Turismo or Forza Motorsport, but I so I prefer Forza Horizon a bit more arcade. Yeah, yeah. But Horizon of course is the offshoot. Now I don't know, is motorsport still considered the bigger game? Like if, if we yes. can, if we compare like Forza Horizon to the core motorsport, motorsport's still the, the bigger one, right? Is that right? You said
2: yes, do you believe that? You you think that yeah. now? I I think it
1: is. Okay. I think it is in this sense. And obviously Horizon has created its own huge following and audience. So this this is not a slight. <clears throat> excuse me to Horizon at all. Before as a motorsport. This this is the true racing sim experience. So this yes. is for the true right. racing enthusiast. That that's a a, a big audience in of itself, whereas horizon is more of an arcade experience. You can get more casual people to come in, but for that true hardcore racing audience, yeah, it's, it's still for, but that's, that, but that's for sure. why I
3: have a hard time getting ahead of him. When you say like, the true enthusiast, that to me suggests a smaller group, right. Of more hardcore People, whereas Forza Horizon, which is more you can more pick up and play. Yeah, that suggests to me that it's accessible to a wider audience. Again, I, I would have to see the numbers. Mm-hmm. But again, I think parents is right. Just like with Gran Turismo on the PlayStation side. That's not those, there's a lot of those enthusiasts, those gearheads, those people that do want to tune every spot, yes. like, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, what have you like. That is a big audience. And I when we talk about what's in the absolute top, top tier, of of Xbox first party titles, Forza is in that AAA mm-hmm. tier. There's, it's S tier. Yeah. There's nothing above it. It's it's on it's on par with Halo. And I think the Halo, Gears, and Forza you consider like the three biggest titles, like first party titles that Microsoft owns. So when a new one, that is potentially one of the biggest. Again, it's not. It's hard for me again to like really mm-hmm. relate to because I'm not that guy that wants to spend hours tuning the engine but for the people that do, and I think there are many of them, that is a huge release.
1: You you think of it this way with with, with Forza, forget the racing enthusiast crowd and all that, Forza has typically been, and I think now with Forza Motorsport being arguably one of their first Series X, S only games, next-gen games, this is gonna be a showcase game for them as far as from a visual standpoint, fidelity standpoint, obviously 4K, the high frames, the, the whole thing forza games typically show very well so for this to be the first next-gen version of forza yeah this is going to be something that they're really going to want to showcase and 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 show off so i i do think
3: that's that's a really that's a really good point that paris makes in terms of talking about bragging rights games these games that like if nothing else show off what your console can do that's what that's what the the forza games are really good yeah see i'm i'm interesting i'm on the fence here because i am
2: with you gary i think Forza Horizon is for the casual audience. And I think that's a larger audience than the true diehard racing game fans, right? And I think the positive here is we're coming off an incredible... Forza Horizon, just hit them with the smoke for fun. <laughs> just but we're coming hot off of Forza Horizon, which was a game of the year contender, stole the show in many aspects on the Xbox ecosystem side. I think people will see a new Forza title and be interested in trying that. How long they stick around, I don't think they'll stick around or see as large of a player base as Horizon did. I think Horizon Again, I agree. To a I think Horizon's
3: audience. more fun. It's more, again, but what the, you talk about like, what's the most casual get like, when you talk about super casual at like Candy Crush, mm-hmm. you talk about those games are massive. Yeah. And and the the more restrictive and the more inaccessible a game becomes because it's it's aimed at People that really, really want to get super good in it and are willing to put in the hours. I get the people that like Forza Motorsport really, really like it. I just have a hard time believing that there's more of them than a game that offers a very similar experience. They drive around beautiful scenery and high-end luxury cars mm. that you can never dream of owning in real life. But you can, but you can just pick up and play Horizon yeah. and get and, and have a good time with it. The whole game is about fun, the festival atmosphere. It's just you know, it's a ride, it's an experience. Whereas Motorsport, again, the more kind of tech, technical, kind of, hmm, do I need to adjust the t- pressure and the people that want to get into that I think it really really scratches that itch brilliantly I just yeah. I don't know like if that is I, I I, think it's a bragging rights game I think it's a it's a digital foundry porn game you know where they go oh my god <laughs> yes. you know what I mean it's one of those games where the, where the, the pixel counters are just going, oh my god I can't believe they're pushing this to the next level and all of that stuff is part of the narrative. Is part of the narrative that helps the Xbox kind of stay where it needs to be yeah. and go to the next level. I just don't know if it's. A, I, I never thought of like the core motorsport games as true mainstream titles, just because the nature of them. They're so tuned towards the, the really one. serious. Yeah. You know, the, pe- the people that are going to get it, that are going to drive with a driving wheel Agreed. and the pedals, and they've got a whole room in their house that you know their spouse hates because I really like we could do so much with that room and you had to put a fucking fake race car in there and your three <laughs> monitors and the whole thing yeah you know yep. like those people and we know those people exist that's what the, that's that's
2: who this game is for. I'll take a moment before we leave fortune just to speak to the casual audience because I Last year, got to uh, review Gran Turismo Seven here. Kind of funny as a first timer, right? Somebody jumping into that series yeah. as a first timer. I've always seen myself as a casual racing fan. I like Need for Speed Underground, right? I like the more arcadey Sims of Forza Horizon. So I'm gonna try Forza Motorsport for the first time ever. I'm very excited to hit the track. I know what I'm getting into now off of Gran Turismo 7, right? But it is far different than what I liked in Horizon. But my mind shift, once you change that and you see what this team is going to do, I think people will find the fun of it. But yeah, I don't know. Going from,
3: going from, because I did the same thing. And again, my tastes are my tastes. I prefer the casual, pick up and play arcade games. My favorite favorite racing game of all time is Burnout. So that will tell you everything you need to know. But like <clears throat> I, I did the same thing I play coming from Forza Horizon and someone gave me someone got me a code for Gran Turismo 7 and I came from that to Gran Turismo that's like, that's like going from a rave to a funeral. <laughs> like, it's just so <laughs> slow and boring. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to do a million things before I'll even let you do anything remotely approaching fun. Whereas over there, everyone's like getting high and fucking in the bushes. Hey. And
4: it's <laughs> they festival, that They're here. doing that in Horizon. Glow yo.
3: sticks. And I, I, some of this might be my own headcanon, but you know what I mean? Like, that's the vibe yep, that, that 4-3 the vibe. is giving you. Like, it's just super fun. And like, hey, we're the wacky Morning Zoo DJs here at Horizon Radio. And it's like, yeah, this is a vibe. And you go over to Gran Turismo and it's just like boring classical music and what the fuck? You just want to
4: die. Yeah, yeah I, I feel the uh, Forza Motorsport definitely gives me the vibe of like, uh, do you have Grey poupon? Like, uh, like that commercial, uh, classical music kind of stuff. Right, and you know
3: exactly. Get, and, and, and you know, you love it. Don't tell me the people at that Horizon Festival aren't fucking. Oh, I guarantee you, I, they I, are.
2: I agree with you, Gary. I like that vibe. Uh, <laughs> Paris, so you have the hot take for us. Give it to us. He, uh,
1: before I give the hot take, hearing Gary <laughs> do like an American oh, accent radio just completely just threw me for a loop. I was like, who's even talking right now? <laughs> But, hot take and because it's funny you said you play Gran turismo 7 i played it as well um i'm i come from Gran turismo 2 3 a spec that was no, like I, the height for me as far as me being really into the race sim stuff gt planet you know with the original fours all that stuff came out i was really into the stuff back then i think forza motorsport i think turn 10 and what what they've been able to do with forza over the past few years I think Forza has surpassed Gran Turismo as the mm. definitive racing sim in gaming right now. Okay, And I know I probably made a bunch of people at GT Planet really mad by saying that, but that's just what I think. And I think they have a great opportunity here with Motorsport to prove me correct or they might prove me wrong. Because, you know, just full admission, I thought GT7 was, it was okay. Yeah, But I think Polyphony has done a lot better in the past with, with with the green treasonable game. So what I
3: remember parents, they pissed off a lot of their core fan base with, with the progression and the microtransactions and stuff on GT seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't even going to bring that up, but you're, you're right. That made a lot of people (laughs) upset, but I, I I do think, and actually, and I know we want to move on here. I'll keep it really quick. Back in 2020, when the Series X first came out, on 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 uh, Gamertag Radio I had like Aaron Greenberg and someone else was on. I'm blanking on the name, but we even talked about Forza Motorsport at that time, and he was mentioning that they're looking to make forza motorsport like a platform so they're going to instead of a forza motorsport 2 coming out in two or three years right no it's going to be this game but they're going to continue to build upon it like new tracks cars obviously so this becomes like the definitive version of forza motorsport for, for the series x so i'm excited for it i i think you know to kind of wrap this up i think this has an opportunity to absolutely be a showcase game for them so really looking forward to it hopefully we get a release date soon what
2: Let's go else to you got? the next big three that i have of course redfall and starfield we've talked about both of these these will be the first bethesda titles coming straight to xbox as we know we've seen of course deathloop and ghostwire tokyo those were timed exclusives on playstation so this will be the first time a true bethesda game is coming out for the xbox ecosystem right here starfall Redfield or Redfall and Starfield. (laughs) We've (laughs) talked about it before, guys. I mean, Paris, these two are going to be the showstoppers of the year along with Forza, correct? you you think these will be the big ones?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, obviously, Starfield is going to be the one that everyone's been talking about, really anticipating that they really need to nail. Um, I think Redfall has an opportunity to do so. I think that last trailer they showed really showed off well to me. Yep. I, I still go back to the one thing and I know we talked about it before, Mike. It's the co-op progression. Yeah. How is that going to to work? Is it going to make sense in practice when we're actually playing? So it doesn't feel like a frustrating thing where we're constantly lagging back. I'm not, I'm not getting the progress that I need because I played with this buddy for three or four hours. Now I gotta start all over and do it again. I hope as we get closer to launch with that, we get a little more clarification on it so people understand how it works. But that would probably be my only pause. With Redfall right now, because I mean, look, the DNA coming from the Dishonored team, you know, obviously Arcane, just everything that that we've seen so far. I'm excited for it. I just hope that co op progression thing doesn't turn out to be the thing. I, that I had
4: a personal, personal crisis on the first X Cast in studio a few weeks ago about Gotham Knights, right? The one thing I, I would say, I, I felt like they dealt with that. Uh, pretty well where it's like if you're in a person's uh, like a friend's campaign and you do a thing and then you go back to your own and you hit the, the story mission or whatever that uh, you did in a friend's they'll tell you like hey you already did this do you want to like do it again or skip it and stuff like that and I think mm. something similar along the lines for Redfall I think would go a long way but again who yeah. knows. Yeah, that's
2: the conversation we had when they first talked about how the share world would be in co-op experience. I hope they take the feedback to heart is right, Paris. And I hope that we do see a small course correction in that. Because there is nothing more frustrating than playing these co-op games and having to redo the content on your own world or losing all the progress that you did with somebody else. That is always tough and not fun. So it'll be interesting to see. But... Yeah, Redfall and Starfield, the two big ones. And then rounding it out, Minecraft Legends. Gary, what do, what do you think about Minecraft Legends?
3: Well, so let me here? let me let me touch on uh, Redfall and Starfield mm-hmm. real quick first. Both of those games to different degrees still ha- have to convince me a little bit. Red oh. to, to different degrees. Redfall, I think, has a little bit more work to do in this It looks like a lot of fun. Develop has a great pedigree. I still haven't seen anything to really illustrate to me what it is about that game that's going to distinguish itself from Back for Blood, Left for Dead all the other kind of co-op, you know, shoot a bunch of zombies in the face type games. Yeah. I, th- I think they are doing something a little bit different, but I'm not entirely clear on what it is yet. And I feel like we've had a bunch of those games lately. I don't know what it- what it is about this one that's really going to, like, take it to the next level. Uh, but I'm optimistic, and just based on the developer, because they've done yeah. tremendous work in the past. Starfield, I mean, look, on paper, it, lo- it looks like the biggest thing, right? It looks like, the- this-, this looks like the game that's going to solve... Like even if Microsoft didn't put anything out in 20, anything else in 2023, like Starfield's just gonna do it. Like if any one game's gonna do it, this is this is the great white hope. And I kind of feel like it's all there on paper. If you said to me, oh yeah, so Elder Scrolls, Fallout, and now you of course you go, well, yeah, of course, like, whatever that is, is gonna be incredible, right? And maybe it will be, I just keep coming back to that first trailer. I was so on und- as so many people were so underwhelmed by it, because I was really looking for, like, the next, I don't know, I really wanted to be blown away, but I just I was leaning in, and I just kind of felt like, I, could, I just feel my enthusiasm kind of draining away through that trailer. They might be only, like, one more, slightly more detailed trailer away from, like, getting me back on board. And it's not that I'm off board, like, I'm gonna play it day one, I'm super excited for it. I'm just I'm just on the pedigree alone, you've gotta believe that it's gonna hit the mark, that it is gonna be everything that it promises. I just, I, I wish, like, the actual ass the actual things that I'd seen had were as convincing as the pedigree and the history makes you want to believe it's going to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel that Gary. That I feel sense. that for sure. Yeah.
2: It's going to be very interesting with that one. There's going to be a lot of weight to Starfield. I think we oh, all the know expectation that on sure. that
3: one's crushing. Oh yeah.
2: Uh, but I do want to round out oh, with and sorry, Minecraft, Minecraft Legends. Legends. Yes.
3: My, you know, I was. I should have brought my kid on. She's the Minecraft expert. <laughs> we she loves Minecraft. We we play we played a ton of Minecraft dungeons. I showed her this. And uh you know, she's usually very like eh like she she's like me like it takes a very specific kind of thing mm-hmm. to like get her excited about something. Otherwise she's just kind of meh. Um but like she saw this she said, like, "Oh yeah, I'll play that. That looks good." She like she really liked the look of it, and okay. um, it looks it looks fun. It looks colourful. I think um, you know. Obviously, it's got the biggest game, mm-hmm. world, universe, IP franchise, whatever you call it, in the world behind it. Minecraft is continues to be just all conqueringly massive. Um, even though it's not like the coolest game on the block, like a lot you know, like, a lot of people don't take it seriously or whatever. But trust me, it, it's still huge. Um, and I think what they did with Minecraft Dungeons was as I've said before, I think that was genius. Like let's well, let's make a, a Diablo make, basically make a Diablo style dungeon crawler, set it in the Minecraft universe. They were they were two ideas that went together so well. Minecraft Dungeons is so much fun. Um, I feel like this is the next piece of that puzzle. Like, how could, I, I think this is then then continue to answer this question of how can we take Minecraft and bring it into different genres yep. and introduce kids that 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 you know for whom uh, many for many many kids, Minecraft was their first real exposure to video games. How can that then become like the gateway drug into all kinds of different genres? This feels like the next chapter in that story after Dungeons, and I'm very optimistic about it being a big success.
2: Paris, you feel the same way? I know you were big on Dungeons. I mean, seeing Minecraft like Gary has brought up, you're excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Because
1: when when I saw that in the showcase, my immediate thought was this is going to be the sleeper hit of that first half of 2023. That you know. People may not have necessarily have on their radar for basically what Gary is saying. I mean, this is something that I play with my kids as far as Minecraft Dungeon goes. So this is just going to be a natural extension of that. That's going to get get us, you know, playing more things to, together again. And again, it's the same team. So I'm I'm loving what they did with Dungeons. So I I have that expectations going into Legends, even though you know it's a slightly different genre um, that Legends is going to be. But it's that Minecraft style that I think translates so well. Um, and with the cooperative play, yeah, i really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a blast.
2: Yeah, so that those are the ones that I have written down on my sheet that we've been tracking that will, you know, quote-unquote, be released in the first half of 2023, right, Paris? Well, we talked about it after that Summer Games Showcase. Of yeah. Here is the remainder of 2022 into 2023. Here's what you can expect. Those are the first-party titles that I wrote down From the team, right? You have the big four, and then, of course, Age of Empires 2 and 4 coming to console, making six right there. Of course, let's say this is just 2023. We're not talking about third-party games, and people are going to come in, of course, talking about Game Pass and getting those awesome third-party deals. But looking at your first-party slate right there, Gary Whitta, is that the goods that you expect from Xbox for 2023 if, if you, even if it's just if it's the whole year maybe it's maybe it is the first half of the year
3: i mean i was just joking about how like starfield could be the only game they would put mm-hmm. out and if it lands as big as you, you you'd expect it to that would be enough and yeah of course we know that's not true um that still feels thin for a whole year's worth of releases again we haven't gone too far into the back end of the year microsoft may well have things that either we don't know about at all yeah or, or or that we don't realize are as close you know, like it happens all the time. Oh, some of it i didn't realize that was coming out this year. Whatever, they—they like, come quicker than Fable. I think is too much to hope for. I think it's too, still too far out. That's that weird, rare thing that no one quite knows what it is. It's probably still too far out. But I think, again, if Phil has been saying, as, as as we just talked about, yeah, we know that we need to, like, you know, come correct with the with, with the big first party titles. Starfield obviously was meant to be a big holiday release this year. Now it's going to go into into the early part of next year. But there's still the expectation that once you get into September, October, November, all the big companies—Sega, Nintendo, sorry, Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft—are all going to are all going to come with their big kind of holiday, you know, mm-hmm. gift like the, the 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 gift game that everybody wants. They missed it this year. They don't have it. I don't know. Even 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 if Starfield is the biggest thing ever when it comes out in the early part of next year, there's still going to be an ex- expectation. That they have something big in that holiday season window, and maybe again, maybe Phil's got a you know a, a, a joke up his sleeve that we don't know about yet. I would hope so, because yeah. my my answer to your question, the short answer is: are the are the games that we just talked about enough to be Microsoft's like first party slate for the whole of twenty twenty three? No. Okay.
2: Partially. I mean, of course, this is announced for the first half. We we could see things slip, you know. But are you pleased with what we're looking at for twenty twenty three right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's solid because obviously two of these games were supposed to come out this year, Starfield being the big one. So they've slipped into that first half of 2023. So that just enhances what we're going to get in the first half of 2023 even more, knocking wood, mm-hmm. assuming they don't get delayed again. Um, but what is the second half going to look like? Are they going to be able to keep that momentum going in the second half of 2023 so that we're not having a conversation a year from now going, Man, man, what what's the big holiday title for for Xbox? I hope instead we're we're having this conversation like, man, it's just too much to play. There's there's just yeah. too many things. You know, that's that's the kind of conversations that I want to have moving beyond the first half of 2023. But I think what they have, I mean, again, just sticking to Xbox Game Studios, Forza, Minecraft, Starfield, Redfall. I mean, no complaints there at all. I think that's very solid.
2: I agree with you, Paris, and Gary right there. When I look at this, I see a diverse lineup that I'm excited for, right? You have the RTS genre right there, kind of a smaller market, but it is awesome to see a franchise like Age of Empires come to console. You tick off the box of racing, right? You have that fun Forza title right there. That won't speak to everybody, but I think the whole Xbox community as a whole will try it, jump into it, learn maybe they're not the gearheads, and they'll quickly get out of it, but it's there, right? It's knocking off the box. Redfall everybody's up on the co-op multiplayer experience right now. Everybody wants a piece of that action. Everybody wants to bring people together. I think that's very exciting, especially coming from Arcane. Starfield and Bethesda, I mean, Todd Howard, can't wait to see what this team delivers. I think that's another box checked. And then Minecraft, right? I think you're knocking off a lot of big boxes here. But my concern is, is this truly going to be the first half of 2023? And back of my mind, I'm worried that this is all of 2023. Well, that's the thing. Is like, I
3: mean, up. most of these games right now are kind of, and again, these days, right, these games are still slipping all the time, right? We're not out of that, out of those woods yet, yeah. games slipping. So some of these things may slip more into the holiday window, but again, it's only, there's only so many pieces to move around. I, yes, Minecraft, huge. Forts are huge. Um, Starfield, potentially huge. Um, Redfall, I, I think, could be very big as well. Um, it still feels like there's at least, like, one piece missing. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I, I still, I'm still going, yeah, and... Like, where's the one more thing? I feel like there's got to be, I don't know, Starfield we've known about forever. Maybe it's just because, you know, Starfield's been publicly in development forever. Forza, to me, the excitement for that is diminished a little bit bit, just because we're coming off the back of another. Like, people are still playing Forza Horizon all the time. Another Forza game that's a slightly different type of Forza game doesn't feel like a totally new, fresh thing. Although, again, the gearheads and the tuners are going to, who have been waiting for this, I'm gonna love it, so maybe I shouldn't try to speak to that too much. I still, I, I just feel, I, I just I've got this gut instinct, this feeling that there's a piece missing, that there's one more piece, that there is a one more thing, that there's there's a wild card, there's something that we don't know about yet or or don't realize is is is, is ready for 2023 or will be. Um, again, like it's not fable, but you know, like there's one extra big piece that I feel like they need and is missing. It's just, it's just this kind of gut sense that I have. All right. Well, that is the
2: question right now. I poise to all of you, does Xbox have it for 2023? Let us know. Of course, thank you all so much for watching and tuning in. We're getting set to record your Patreon-exclusive Remember Blank show right now. You can catch that over on patreon.com slash kindoffunny and patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames for all your Patreon supporters out there. You get to enjoy Gary Whitta telling me and Paris all about Chrome Hound. So let's kick it over to that. For everyone watching and listening, thank you for another awesome week of the XCast. We'll catch you back here next week for Halo, the winter update. Peace, everybody.